Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. Acts chapter 25. Three days after arriving in the province, Festus went up from Caesarea to Jerusalem, where the chief priests and the Jewish leaders appeared before him and presented the charges against Paul. They requested Festus, as a favor to them, to have Paul transferred to Jerusalem, for they were preparing an ambush to kill him along the way. Festus answered, Paul is being held at Caesarea, and I myself am going there soon. Let some of your leaders come with me, and if the man has done anything wrong, they can press charges against him there. After spending eight or ten days with them, Festus went down to Caesarea. The next day he convened the court and ordered that Paul be brought before him. When Paul came in, the Jews who had come down from Jerusalem stood around him. They brought many serious charges against him, but they could not prove them. Then Paul made his defense. I have done nothing wrong against the Jewish law or against the temple or against Caesar. Festus, wishing to do the Jews a favor, said to Paul, Are you willing to go up to Jerusalem and stand trial before me there on these charges? Paul answered, I am now standing before Caesar's court where I ought to be tried. I have not done anything wrong to the Jews, as you yourself know very well. If, however, I am guilty of doing anything deserving death, I do not refuse to die. But if the charges brought against me by these Jews are not true, no one has the right to hand me over to them. I appeal to Caesar." After Festus had conferred with his counsel, he declared, You have appealed to Caesar. To Caesar you will go. A few days later, King Agrippa and Bernice arrived at Caesarea to pay their respects to Festus. Since they were spending many days there, Festus discussed Paul's case with the king. He said, There's a man here who Felix left as a prisoner. When I went to Jerusalem, the chief priests and the elders of the Jews brought charges against him and asked that he be condemned. I told them that it's not the Roman custom to hand over anyone before they have faced their accusers and have had the opportunity to defend themselves against the charges. When they came here with me, I did not delay the case, but convened the court the next day and ordered the man be brought in. When his accusers got up to speak, they did not charge him with any of the crimes I had expected. Instead, they had some points of dispute with him about their own religion and about a dead man named Jesus who Paul claimed was still alive. I was at a loss how to investigate such matters, so I asked if he would be willing to go to Jerusalem and stand trial there on these charges. But when Paul made his appeal to be held over for the emperor's decision, I ordered him to be held until I could send him to Caesar. Then Agrippa said to Festus, I would like to hear this man myself. He replied, Tomorrow you will hear him. The next day, Agrippa and Bernice came with great pomp and entered the audience room with the high-ranking military officers and the prominent men of the city. At the command of Festus, Paul was brought in. Festus said, King Agrippa and all who are present with us, you see this man. The whole Jewish community has petitioned me about him in Jerusalem, and here in Caesarea, shouting that he ought not to live any longer. I found he had done nothing deserving of death, 
But because he made his appeal to the emperor, I decided to send him to Rome. But I have nothing definite to write to his majesty about him. Therefore, I have brought him before you, and especially before you, King Agrippa, so that as a result of this investigation, I may have something to write. For I think it is unreasonable to send a prisoner on to Rome without specifying the charges against him. In the last chapter, we learned that the Roman governor, Portius Festus, was married to a Jewish woman named Drusilla. Drusilla is actually a descendant, or was a descendant, of King Herod the Great. King Herod the Great was the the wicked ruler who tried to have the infant Christ executed in Bethlehem. You remember he sent soldiers and killed all the children, all the male children there, two years and under. Well, his wicked spawn took up various leadership positions around the Holy Land in the time of Jesus and the time of Paul. His descendants were in power in various places. And so this Festus had married one of his daughters named Drusilla. In chapter 25, we meet two other descendants of Herod. We're going to meet a king named Agrippa and a lady named Bernice. This Agrippa and Bernice were the brother and sister of Festus's wife, Drusilla. And so the chapter says they came to pay their respects to Festus, which is true. But in, in reality, they were coming to visit family as well. Drusilla was part of the family. Now, as I read this chapter, go back over the details. In the days that Paul is there, Paul is in chains, Paul is incarcerated. All of this family, Festus, Drusilla, Agrippa, Bernice, they're in power. They're in robes, they're in luxury, they're in a palace, uh, they have servants, they have all the things that anybody could ever want. Paul has nothing. But that's the way it looked on earth. In reality, Paul had everything. In reality, Paul had the backing of heaven. Paul had eternity on his side. And so in the days of his flesh, these humans looked like they were in authority and were in power and were having everything their own way. But the reality was much different because they thought they were trying Paul and literally they were being tried before the courts of heaven and the righteous judge, almighty God, who judges all mankind. So let's read in verse 1. Three days after arriving in the province, Festus went up from Caesarea to Jerusalem, where the chief priest and the Jewish leaders appeared before him and presented their charges against Paul. And they requested that Festus uh, would have Paul transferred to Jerusalem because they were planning to kill Paul again. So this is yet another attempt to kill Paul. And so this Festus, we're not told that he was aware of the plot to kill Paul, but he did try to get Paul to come to Jerusalem, and Paul refused. Verse 6, after spending eight or ten days with them, Festus went down to Caesarea. The next day he convened the court and ordered that Paul be brought before him. When Paul came in, the Jews who had come down from Jerusalem stood around him, and they brought many serious charges, but they could not prove them. Then Paul made his defense, saying, I've done nothing wrong against the Jewish law, or against the temple, or against Caesar. Remember, the charge was temple desecration. That's why he mentioned nothing uh, wrong was done against the temple. And so this Festus, wanting to please the Jews, said to Paul, Are you willing to go up to Jerusalem and stand trial before me there on these charges? And as I just mentioned, uh, the Jews were hoping he would, so they could kill Paul, they could execute him on the way. But Paul answered, I'm now standing before Caesar's court, where I ought to be tried. I have not done anything wrong to the Jews, as you yourself know very well. If I'm guilty of doing 
anything deserving death, I do not refuse to die. But if the charges brought against me by these Jews are not true, no one has the right to hand me over to them. I appeal to Caesar. Now, this statement, a Roman citizen had the right to appeal to the emperor for a final decision. It was like the Supreme Court, appealing to the Supreme Court. So Paul was going to circumvent Festus in terms of judging his case. He wants the emperor himself to judge his case. And so Festus replied, after counseling his people around him, he said, you've appealed to Caesar, to Caesar you will go. So they take him back to Caesarea, or they have him in Caesarea locked up. Along comes King Agrippa and his sister Bernice. And uh, I mentioned that they were related to Festus' wife, Drusilla. What I did not mention was this Bernice was a very famous woman in antiquity. Bernice apparently was stunningly beautiful. She had been the female consort of two Caesars, two uh, Roman emperors. And at the time that this is written, there was a lot of suspicion that she was in an incestuous relationship with her brother, Agrippa. This family of Herod the Great was not so great. They were a murderous, incestuous lot. And Agrippa and Bernice are exhibit A and exhibit B of this type of character. But Agrippa said to Festus, I want to hear Paul. I want to hear about his case. And so the next day, Agrippa and Bernice came with great pomp and entered the audience room with all of the high-ranking military officers and the prominent men of the city. And so all of the people were paying homage to this incestuous couple, Agrippa and Bernice. All of the people that were present were bowing and showing allegiance and loyalty and honor to Agrippa and Festus. And Paul is brought out in chains on his own with no one to stand with him. Festus makes this little speech, King Agrippa, and all who are present. You see this man, the whole Jewish community has petitioned me about him in Jerusalem and here in Caesarea, shouting that he ought not to live any longer. I have found that he had done nothing deserving of death, but because he made his appeal to the emperor, I decided to send him to Rome. But I have nothing definite to write to his majesty about him. Therefore, I have brought him before all of you, and especially before you, King Agrippa, so that as a result of this investigation, I may have something to write. And we'll pick that up in chapter 26. But here's what I want to say, friends. In this situation, just imagine in your mind this huge meeting hall or um, throne room set up in Caesarea. It was as luxurious and palatial as the ancient world could possibly produce. It was a palatial setting. We had a king, Agrippa. We had a governor, Festus. We had the great-granddaughter, Bernice, of King Herod the Great. These were very famous, wealthy people. And so with a lot of pomp and circumstance and pageantry, they came out to pronounce judgment on lowly Paul the prisoner. But in reality, Paul was the emissary of the living God. Paul was the ambassador of Jesus Christ, sent to testify before these people and sent to testify before Caesar by God. And so in in the spirit realm, Paul controlled the whole situation because the Lord was backing him up. The Lord was causing this situation to come to pass. But the humans felt that Festus and Agrippa and Bernice were all in power and authority and were speaking to the lowly Paul in some condescending manner that was appropriate because they were so high and mighty. So we need to see things as they really are. Those who stand with Christ stand with eternity on their side and with the armies of heaven on their side. 
Those who stand in opposition to the cause of Christ, although they may look good in the eyes of the world, in the light of eternity, they'll be shown to have been very foolish and having nothing substantive to show for their lives. May the Lord bless you. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.